When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Matthew Collar, ESPN's Courtney Cronin, in for Mackie and Judd today, along with uh, Jonathan Harrison producing. And uh, Jonathan's got some good stuff for us later with uh, prop bets. We'll do that in 15 minutes, Jonathan. You ready? Yeah, I've got some stuff for you. All right. Well, these these bowl games, I love them no matter what. They're my favorite. It's one of my favorite times of year when random bowl games are everywhere. And uh, then I discovered last night that you can make prop bets on random bowl games, which makes it even more hilarious. Uh, One of the things we've been talking about is just Vikings. They're facing off with the Chicago Bears. A win gives them a first-round bye. And if you look at the numbers of this team, number one defense in the NFL heading into Week 17, a pretty good offense overall, good running game, Good passing game, Case Keenum in the top 10 and passer rating this year. But there is a couple of reasons to, I think, be nervous if you're Vikings fans who are nervous already. Yeah, like, they're just, definitely a nervous <laughs> fan base. And, and I understand it. Like, you can't fault them for all the times they've been so close in four Super Bowl games. And uh, yeah, special teams. The old kicking and, and so forth. Uh, at least I, I can tell you something, though, Vikings fans, to, to appreciate about Blair Walsh is that if Seattle does miss the playoffs, if they don't win or Atlanta doesn't lose, I'm trying to do that backwards in my head, Seattle needs an Atlanta loss and a win. Um, one of the reasons they need that is going back to a head-to-head matchup with Seattle, in which Blair Walsh missed a field goal at the end of the game that would have either won it or tie it, tied it. And there was another one uh, against Washington where Blair shanked a bunch of kicks and they lost. And other than that, if uh, they had decent kicking, they would be in the playoffs. So you're not the only one to be victimized by Blair Walsh, is is what I'm saying. I think the reason, if you're going to be nervous, is Pat Elfline's shoulder. Like One of the things that I've come to appreciate, Courtney, about this market is they know a good center when they see one. Mm-hmm. John Sullivan, uh, Mick Tinglehoff, Matt Burke. like They've had some good centers here, and there's a lot of excitement for a great center like Pat Elfline has become over, over this season. He's missed the last couple of days of practice. He's battling the shoulder injury. They're already without Nick Easton for the rest of the year. Joe Berger this week is going to have to move over to center from guard, which means Mike Remmers might have to move to guard, which now we're starting to sound like 2016 again. Well, it's it would be their seventh combination. I went through all of them from this season, and they haven't... The funny thing was, last week was the first time since October 9th that all five starting offensive linemen that they entered the season with as their starters were starting a game together, and it lasted 
you know, roughly 12 minutes. <laughs> right, so, right. Then, then the Easton went out for the year, right? Yeah, and I think it is a little bit concerning because as everything kind of piled on with the slew of injuries, they had to use eight different combinations last year. I mean, they're almost there, um, assuming the Elfline shoulder injury keeps him out this week. And I know that they're not they're The talk of not resting starters, um, you know, has arresting starters has not been a thing. That's one, even if he is limited today and he's questionable in the injury report, which we'll get in a few hours. I think you still rest a guy like that because this is something he sustained not that long ago. He was in Carolina before the Carolina game. He was, um, you know, out in the field and ruled out. And then he Mm -hmm. was able to play last two games. So I think it's something that you just maintain and manage the, the issue. They, the only issue they would have is if they're not able to run the ball against the bears, if they're not able to establish the run for a second week in a row. Um, But you need him. You need him healthy. You need Riley Reef to be completely healed from. The, I think that's kind of the underrated storyline here of all the shifting that Riley Reef came back against Green Bay after missing the Bengals game after sustaining the ankle injury. And you don't want your left tackle injured or having a, anything lingering during the playoffs. And so, just another reason for them to to want to get this win because they get those guys and Kyle Rudolph too has mm-hmm. been battling through the ankle injury. You get those guys some time to to rehab. Watching all of the film that we do because you're you're a film junkie. A little oh, bit too, I, right? I like yeah. Game Pass. I mean, yeah. that's that's one of the best purchases I've ever made. Judd picks on me all the time because I will go back and just while I'm home watching a bowl game, I'll also be looking at uh, you know, what happened on the game film. And one of the coolest parts of it is that you can see things that you don't see on TV. Your angle for watching the offensive line is not very good on TV for watching the safeties. And that's why the the Harrison Smith non-pro bowl really blew my brains out is just like, what? When you watch him on tape, you see all the things that he does. I mean, he's not that you need that to know he's good, but you can really see his impact on opposing teams. I think the same thing with Pat Elfline and Nick Easton to some extent, too, that Elfline's ability to get out in space and make blocks on screen passes, his toughness too, his maturity for a rookie center, how they found him in the third round, I don't know. Because, I mean, I remember writing, you know, doing mock draft sort of stuff, which I can't wait for draft season already. Uh, but, you know, looking through, all right, who might they pick? I had him as the potential second round pick. I mean, he was the award winner for the best center in the nation, played for Ohio State. It wasn't like they just found this guy out of nowhere. He slipped through the cracks, and he's become a hugely valuable player to them. If he is hindered, that's going to be pretty tough. If you start have to sliding around and you face one of these playoff teams that has a pretty good defensive line, it could be some trouble there. Yeah, and that's why I think, you know, regardless, you rest him this week because they should be able to get a win over Chicago. It shouldn't come down to the play at center. But in a few weeks, you know, they secure the first round by, depending upon if they're playing, assuming picturing the matchup today, you know, whether it's the Panthers or the Saints, you're going to want to have him there because of that mental maturity that he has in reading the defense and calling out, you know, the blocking scheme before the play. I mean, he has been so good at that. And you saw there against the Panthers when they were when they were down Elfline. I mean, they had already been down Remmers. Mike Remmers wasn't playing in that game. Um, I believe he was questionable. All right, he was a late 
he was a late decision in that game. Pat Elfline was as was as well. Um, or may, I can't remember that far back. That was four week, three weeks ago. I think he was either questionable or he was already going to be out. Yeah, um, Elfline was questionable, and then it was it was a little surprising when he wasn't in. Yes, because usually questionable is like okay, there's a pretty good chance the guy's going to be in. And, and that I mean, I think that they were you know they were already playing from behind, not having him in there. They had gotten used to. You know, Rashad Hill at, yeah, because Rashad Hill started at right tackle, had to right. move over to left. That's right. Things happen quickly in this league. Yeah. Um, in this league, <laughs> the National Football League. But um, yeah, they, I mean, they'd gotten so used to that where it's almost like, okay, well, what do we do here? Because I don't, you know, the communication changes. I don't, I, I know that Mike Zimmer said there's no difference in between the way that, you know, Joe Berger calls a game, the way that um, Nick Easton calls a game, there's, or is it that Pat Elfline calls a game. There's a difference there in the snap count, in how you get comfortable with it. And that's why Case Keenum said, you know, I think he learned from that situation where, you know, last minute it's going to be Easton in the game. You know, he's not just having communication this week with, with Joe Berger, it's the other guys on the interior to make sure everyone is on the same page and, and you know, and they're all in the same meetings for protections, uh, learning that scheme, you know, where, where his protections are going to be on certain dropbacks, you know, the depth, things like that, that, you know, are so critical. I think that that's something, um, you know, that should not be an issue if Pat Elfline is not playing this week, which doesn't look like it's going to happen. So yeah, they'll handle it this week. Yeah, uh, it's the, just the Bears have a pretty on. good. They have a pretty good defensive line, so it could slow them down a bit. Where we saw it in Carolina a lot was they couldn't run. They couldn't run up the middle, and if this team can't run up the middle, then they can't do play action, and then everything just sort of goes down from there. And they sacked him six times in that game, including a key strip sack. If you're nervous already, and a lot of people are, that's the one point where you would say, oh, if this offensive line isn't going to be at 100%, then that might be some trouble. Uh, feel free to chime in. Matt and Courtney in, in here for Mackie and Judd. 651-646. Yeah, sorry. 8255. 651-646-8255 is uh, the phone number to jump on. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about more about it uh Case Keenum and whether you trust him going into a playoff game, whether you think that he can buck history and that will be a big conversation, but just coming across reading this um, report from Kevin Seifert, the NFL concluded concussion protocol was not violated when Houston Texans sent quarterback Tom Savage back into a game earlier this month. Do you oh, rem- really? Do, yes. You remember when he was shown on the ground having seizure like symptoms and they sent him back in the game and the NFL says there was no protocol violated and there will be no discipline for the Houston Texans. And the NFL continues to look like they don't really care that much about concussions. Rub some dirt on it. Right. Rub some dirt on your brain. I, I mean, it's that how you don't get penalized for that. Is unbelievable. I read the explanation. They didn't. They didn't see the broadcast video. Okay, why? Why did you not see the same thing that everyone at home saw? And also, if it was that bad, how did your protocol result in him being able to go back in the game? How did your doctors think he was okay? How is that possible? Just like it is going to be with the suspension policy of games. Just like it's going to be with, you know, the catch rule. 
I think the concussion protocol is going to have to be one of those things in the off season that's reevaluated because certainly they got this wrong. I, you know, in speaking to people who covered that game, they said, well, it didn't really look that bad in person. Well, we all saw something on TV and you have TVs in the press box yes. and they have TVs down. They have, they have the ability to look and see what was happening and the doctors that were treating him. They are, you know, people on the field. I mean, it, how do you miss this? It just seems like a giant stop sign. That's like, flashing right in your face how do you miss this well we've been in those coaching boxes upstairs too they have a tv at every seat and and that's one of the ways that they determine whether they're going to challenge a play or not so a bunch of people who worked for the houston texans saw this man on the ground having a seizure after he had suffered a concussion and no one's going to get penalized for that it's just mind-blowing and as as far as i feel like we've come in some of these things it also feels like we're still really far away. Isn't there a whole independent neurologist part of this, too, where guy doesn't mm-hmm. work for either team and he evaluates <laughs> it? How does that guy keep his license Well, the whole if thing, he allows the player to go back on the field? Yeah, and, and what what's said here in the uh, response that we got from the NFL and NFLPA, the unaffiliated neurotrauma consultant, also known as the UNC, and team physician reviewed the initial broadcast video. So they saw it. They saw him doing something, um, you know, whether it was seizure-like symptoms, whatever that was technically diagnosed as, um, saw the play and Mr. Savage's response and followed the protocol by performing a complete sideline concussion evaluation on Mr. Savage, which he passed. The slow motion video, which focused more directly on the fencing posture, was not broadcast until after the doctors had begun the sideline evaluation and thus was not seen by the medical staff prior to the evaluation. Is that not like, should should you not have let them see that before you and, let him go back or, in the game before you evaluated him? How, how does a coach upstairs not say, um, <laughs> I'm not a doctor down there, but do they know that's happening? Yeah. Um, another, Maybe because of their backup option beyond that. What was that? Was it Taylor Heineke at the time or was it uh, TJ Yates? I, I, I don't know. They were probably, I mean, they were almost or completely eliminated from the playoffs at that point. But, you know, another thing about concussions is guys will have them, and we've seen this a number of times, and they'll continue to play the rest of the game because the symptoms don't show up until later, and that's a problem that I just don't know how the NFL is ever going to solve. So when they have these things that come up like this where it's obvious and we all know, my gosh, that guy shouldn't have gone back in the game, but – the other concussions that are happening throughout a game that show up later, and probably Tom Savage's uh, symptoms showed up later. And I, I've seen it happen a number of times. Cordell Patterson last year, it happened to him where he got popped, and we all kind of went, ooh, uh, is he okay? Stayed in the game, and then the next day he's on the injury report, and you say, well, that couldn't have been good, right, that he stayed in the game. And I don't know how you're ever going to solve that, but uh, I, I think – that the NFL has to do everything they possibly can, and they might claim that, but here it was obvious that they did not. Um, Matt and Courtney, Jonathan as well in here for Mackie and Judd. Jonathan, uh, I've been teasing this for a while now. Are you mm-hmm. prepared with I'm prepared. prop bets for the bowl games this weekend? Yes. Okay. I've got I plenty for you. I can't wait. All right, Matthew Collar, ESPN's Courtney Cronin back here, 1500 ESPN, and our uh, producer for the day, Dave Harrigan, is off. Jonathan Harrison is in. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've asked John to put together. Is, is John okay? Are we like on that level yet? <laughs> yeah, sure. That works. Okay. Um, I've asked him to put together some bowl game prop bets that are real. These are real, right? You mm-hmm. Google these, you yep. look these up. 
because I've just been enjoying bowl season so much. And last night's TCU game, uh, what I've been doing is I've been tweeting Judd updates from these games because I think they're so great. So Kenny Hill, who is the son of the former pitcher for the Angels, maybe a couple other teams, Texas Rangers, uh, he plays so wild and crazy. It's kind of like how Johnny Manziel did where he's running yeah. around and then he's got a rocket arms. He's throwing it to that. Wasn't he the replacement for Johnny Manziel at Texas A&M before uh, he went to TCU? That's correct. Yes. And he plays with that same style. Yeah. So he threw a horrendous interception early in the game, an amazing touchdown later in the game. It was, it was great. There was interceptions for touchdowns. There was 70 yard touchdown throws. That's exactly everything you dream in a bowl game that you don't care about. So to enhance the caring for the bowl games, you have prop bets for Mm -hmm. us, Jonathan, please tell us these prop bets. One of the games I found specifically was Georgia, Oklahoma. Okay. Which takes place. I'm aware of both universities. Okay. So Georgia running back, Nick Chubb, kind of uh, they're one of their better running backs. Over under 90 and a half rushing yards. Okay, first of all, that's a fullback. I don't care what you say. I don't care what his height and weight is. If his name is Nick Chubb, he's, he's, a fullback. E- he's either a utility infielder or a fullback. <laughs> and those are the only two options. 90 okay. and a half yards. Mm-hmm. Mm. Who are they playing? Oklahoma. 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 Well, their defense is clearly... Has eleven players, so uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say that uh, Nick Chubb. Yes, I will. I will bet him because you got to run the ball. You know the keys yeah. to the game will say that you have to run the ball. So yes. I'm I'm gonna write these down. The the Nick Chubb will go for over ninety and a half yards. All right, total completions. We're getting. Wait, wait, you got to let Courtney give her okay. uh, yeah. prediction too. Here, I'll take Sean. the over. Oh, you're taking I, over. I watched the SEC championship game, so oh, that obviously makes me an expert. Uh, can we get a prop bet in there for the Baker Mayfield flu game that may or may not happen? Oh, does he have the flu? Well, he's missed two days Something. of media availability, um, saying he does, you know doesn't mysterious illness. Who knows? Like I don't think it's been um, I don't think it's been discovered as to what it is. But is he going to have a flu game? Um, is he going to have a um, an epic flu game? Michael Jordan esque flu game. I think we're, what I would ask about Mayfield is will he do something? That ends up being debated on like first take or something, right? Like, yeah. is he will he grab a body part or will he, you know, t- take the take the flag? Like, what is next for Baker Mayfield to to get him in that uh, first take yell at each other conversation? That would be my question. Total completions for one Baker Mayfield over under nineteen and a half. Oh, th- that's easy. That's over. Over. I was going to say twenty four. How much money do you have, Jonathan, on you? I'll, uh, I'll bet. Me, I don't carry. Cash, I'll bet so. all of your money. <laughs> so you're gonna bet a dollar. Cool. He said he just doesn't. He just said he doesn't carry cash. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have one dollar in my pocket as well, and I will bet that <laughs> 19 completions. Of course, he's gonna have more than 19 completions. Isn't he gonna Georgia's be a first round pick? Is pretty good. No, 19 completions. <laughs> you should have that by the first half. Is it because I mean, he's they, sick? they do have a good secondary? I will say that about Georgia. What are you talking about? I covered most of the kids that were in that secondary in terms of their recruitment. So I'm, I'm just I had no idea. Potential. <laughs> They've got a great secondary. Like they do. What total, else you got? Total points for this game. This is the last one for this specific game. Total points for this game. Will they be odd or even? Uh, well, Courtney says they've got a great secondary. There's an <laughs> odd number of players. So two secondary first two. And uh, odd players, if you multiply those, that's 22. That's an even number. 
Wait, but why 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 is it not like is it a high scoring game? Is it a low scoring game? Why are we literally picking just like a random That's is it gonna point. be twenty one or is it <laughs> gonna be twenty two points? I love this bet because it's exactly like fifty percent chance. Yeah. Fine, then I'll pick the odd just to just for the sake of the argument. You're wrong. Okay. <laughs> what what time is this game being played? Uh, I think this is the like three o'clock game. Okay. Oh, another thing that I really like about these bowl games is hilarious player names. There's a defensive tackle for Texas whose name is Puna Ford. <laughs> what? Nick Chubb is playing for a team. I, I'm shocked that you've never heard of Nick Chubb before. Oh, my interest in college football. Yes. Like he's he's a national he's been a national prospect for a long time. I mean, as much as I just focus really solely on the NFL. I mean, in terms of other things going on in the world, I generally don't know about them. Like Nick Chubb could be the world's biggest pop star or vice president, and I'd be like, Donald, okay. <laughs> do you know Donald Trump is president right now? Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. I am so aware of that. I am aware of that. <laughs> but if Nick Chubb was one of his highest ranking officials, that I would not know. You would be know surprised that, by that. Did you know that Amarosa apparently just got fired? She was on his staff of in some form capacity. Is Amarosa a pop singer? No, but she was on The Apprentice, and she won, and she was somehow on Donald Trump's staff at the White House. Oh, yeah. I just, okay, I just yeah. know this because I, I turned on the TV. <laughs> I heard something about that. I don't that. know what channel it came on, but that, I turned it on. Everything in current events, to me, is very much like college football, where when you said Nick Chubb, I was like, sounds familiar. <laughs> you know, like, I think I've heard that, but I was watching game tape on the Vikings. Uh, you're, okay. you're just such a film junkie that you yes. can't come out of your football it, lair. I, I kind of uh, purposefully surround myself in that cocoon. Mm -hmm. Saturday football is kind of like how I watch the bowl games. I turn on the TV. The ESPN pregame show is amazing. So I'll turn that on as soon as I get up. And it will just not change. Whatever game's on, I'll just look for, oh, is someone ranked? Okay. And then as I'm working on whatever for Sunday for the Vikings game, I'll just look up and be like, oh, pick six. Back to my work. <laughs> just, you know, like that, that Nick Chubb, 30-yard gain. Back to my work. That, that's kind of how I perceive college football, which makes this so great. Oh, there was also um, there was a center named Magoo, Alex Magoo. <laughs> In one of the games. What else you got? All right, so we'll go more generic here. Will any player throw for six-plus touch, touchdowns? Yes, minus 120. No, minus 120. In all of college football bowls? All of them. Case Keenum, I think, threw for nine in one game once. It wasn't a bowl game. What? Which is why that, that record, has, is that one of the eight that have not been touched? I think so. Yeah. I doubt it will be. He legitimately <laughs> threw for nine touchdowns in a football game. That. Probably wasn't the game that they lost, the Conference USA, <laughs> the one that they lost to Southern Miss, um, I, I would assume. I don't know for sure, but I'm going to guess they didn't lose that. And if they did, I want to find that game and watch it right now. <laughs> um, I'm going to say that, yes, someone throws. Does it have to be more than six or is it just six or more? Six or more. Oh, I'm saying yeah. What do you think? Yeah? Six? No. It's a lot, I but don't think someone so. can do it. I'm taking the under. Somebody will do it. Okay. Largest margin of victory in a bowl game, over 42.5 at minus 130, under 42.5 at minus 110. I'm over. turning that game off in the first quarter. <laughs> no. uh, if it's on base to do that, I'm not even betting on that. If somebody has like 31 points in the first quarter, I'm taking the game all the way to see how bad it gets. I will do that for sure with sports. If someone is just walloping another team, I'll be like, I am in for the rest of this. I want to see how bad this gets. Is that what you were thinking two weeks ago when the Vikings played the Bengals? 
when you're just watching watching the fire burn yeah. pretty pretty brightly. Strong counterpoint there. <laughs> no, I was thinking about like uh, they have like tacos at halftime. I think right. <laughs> Sometimes they do. That's what you were thinking at halftime. Uh, I mean, in that it's bangle, a nacho bar. When it was fourteen nothing, it was like, okay, was well, 20. I could go home right now. I you mean, were just waiting on another so pick over. six. Our own pick six prop bet. I'm going to call it a prop bet because I never actually specified last week which game I was talking about. Oh yeah, sure, um, yeah. Uh, on you're, the Saturday. You're not win. See, we have these all the time throughout mm-hmm. the season. So I have one on Laquan Treadwell, and we bet milkshakes. So bet he'll score a touchdown or get a um, catch or. Yeah, any of those things. Um, <laughs> They'll show up. The over-under set in training camp with the Pioneer Press's Chris Thomason uh, is 24 catches. And he was sort of making his way toward it. And then the last couple of weeks, he's been a non-factor. And I am cruising my way to a milkshake. Also, uh, Courtney lost to me last week. She thought there'd be a pick six or special teams touchdown in the Packers game, and there wasn't. So I got two milkshakes coming my way. So I'm go. good at this. Yeah, so it was you should an and believe or it was not both. Just so you, to clarify, you should believe when I tell you there's going to be six touchdowns. There's going to be six touchdowns somewhere over. Okay. Yeah, someone's beaten somebody by 43. All right, no question. Two games went into overtime last year. How many will go into overtime this year? Over under at two and a half. I put three. Okay. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think we're getting a lot. How many more games are left? There's there's like, a lot, right? Yeah. I Hold think, on, I was looking at the schedule from today. There's quite a bit left. Uh, how many double overtime games will there be during bowl season? Mm. Uh, in bowls, or will there be a double? They overtime? still play the right. same wacky overtime thing, right? In mm-hmm. bowls, they don't change that. Not w- how many? It be will there be a double overtime yeah. game? I'll yes say yeah. No. I'll say one. One gets there. There won't be a triple overtime game, so I'll say one too. So all of these could make your bowl game watching experience yes. uh, much better. Uh, Jonathan, you have something that I really enjoy that you yanked from TMZ Sports mm-hmm. um, about uh, your cousin. My cousin, yes. And He's got great initials, I gotta say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll do that. What else you got coming up in stuff we should know about? Um, I got a little bit about more betting and uh, James Harden complaining yesterday. Shocking. All right, Courtney and Matt will be back. We're in for Mackie and Judd. In sports, there's a lot of stuff you should simply be aware of. There was stuff going on that no one talked about. That's pretty heavy stuff. Let me show you some stuff. I don't do that stuff no more. This stuff can give you brain damage. And then there's the stuff you should know about. Lots of great stuff. This is the fun stuff. I love this stuff. Good stuff. Man, this stuff's good. This is that kind of stuff. I want to check that stuff out. Mackie and Judd now continues. This is very serious stuff we're talking about here. With stuff you should know about. Please, please tell All right, me. I, I toss it over to you in a second, Jonathan, for stuff. Matthew Collar, Courtney Cronin in for Mackie and Judd. But I've got a stat from NFL Research that I'm just going to throw out there. All right. Just uh, you guys can just let it, let it, let it linger, let it rest in your brains, and then react to it, both of you. The Vikings. NFL research tweets have a strong case to become the first team to play. I wonder if they included case on purpose. A Super Bowl in home stadium with the number one scoring defense, top 10 scoring offense. 26 teams in the Super Bowl era have had the number one scoring defense and a top 10 scoring offense. Over half of those teams made it to the Super Bowl, 14 of the 26. Cool. Just let that linger. What, what do you mean? Can Vikings they, are going to the Super Bowl. I just told you. I understand that. But what were you talking about with Case Keenum, how they included him? Well, they just said so they have a strong case. Like, Did they include oh. that on purpose? 
You know, I, that that pun or whatever you want to call it, I know that we've all used it in just natural conversation that it went over my head. Now, um, here's a question for both of you. Did you guys know that his name is Casey? Okay. Casey, what, what middle name is Austin? Well, why does he go by why does he go by Case? Why doesn't he it's just go by Casey sounding. Keenum? Case is more adult sounding than Casey. Well, it's like if you name your kid Tom and yeah. you call him Tommy for the next however many years of your life, of his life. That's been a little bit of a life hot take for me is that if you're older than 12, Johnny, Tommy. Yep. Come on. Only your mom should be calling you Johnny. If you're Johnny Manziel, only your mom should call you Johnny. I was going to say, as a Jonathan, I don't want to be known as Johnny. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I guess maybe we could give Tommy Kramer a pass because he's a pretty good quarterback. But yeah. I mean... Same thing with, he should be Casey Keenum, and then we should just not have to worry about these puns. His full name, Casey Austin Keenum. So I did. I don't know where I. I probably saw his name in the media guide one time as I was browsing. Um, otherwise, I have no idea why I know his middle name. Hmm. All right. Well, what else you got for us, Jonathan? So yesterday we did talk about James Harrison, my favorite player, because his last name and well, his initials are just great. You're basically the same person. We are. Basically you lift the same it just person. as much, actually. I do every day, actually, before breakfast. Uh, he went to New England. Well, former Jets linebacker Jonathan Vilma had his say, according to TMZ. Well, you got to think, the Patriot, uh, the, not the Patriots, the Steelers, the second in the league in sacks. They did it without him. So he only played five games. He got one sack this season, yet they're still second in the league. So the production and what's going on with the Steelers is not a case of James Harrison on the field. It could be him being a good leader off the field. And, you know, giving hints and, and helping the guys out. But it's definitely nothing to do with his performance on the field. So for the Patriots to say, all right, we're going to take him, no one could just base off the stats. is what you see this season. Now we know he's a great player and he's done a lot, but if you just look at what he's done this season, no Patriots going to be like, all right, Bill Chase going to say, yeah, I can see him getting us three sacks. He went on to say that Belichick doesn't really need the Steelers' playbook. He's already 5-0 and against them, essentially. I had to cut the audio there because there's annoying airport sound after it. But more or less, he's saying that the only reason that the Patriots picked up James Harrison is for intel on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Is this real life? I mean, do they really think? Do they really think that? I mean, do they really think it'll be like, yeah, dude, they blitz like (laughs) this player. The the thing that that you notice after uh, we talk to them every week and Mike Zimmer and all that is. Like they know what the other team's going to do. 90% of what the other team does, they know it. It's just whether you can beat it or not. So it doesn't matter if he tells them, like, oh, this is one of their signals. Like, yeah, we probably know that already. Yeah, I mean, people watch film. You watch film. I watch film. I think there are a lot of people who could pick up on a team's tendencies. The one conspiracy theory that might have been debunked, um, but the one that I love because it's just so far-fetched, um, is that the Steelers have actually set this whole thing up. Oh, And they yeah, sent yeah, him yeah. over there essentially as a narc. And um, <laughs> they're going to get intel, and that's how they're going Here's to... Here's we're planning for the postseason. Exactly. Yes. Okay. And so I, I love that one, though, because that's been debated. It was debated on First Take earlier this week. Uh-huh. Um, oh, I know really? That, I know that on the Surprise. social... The social Websites like the Twitter.com. This is um that's a big one. So Mike Tomlin is playing three-dimensional chess then. So he's <laughs> wow. Like, he is so far ahead of everyone that he told James Harrison everything and then cut him so he would yeah, go to make tell it look like Bill that. Belichick yeah. false things. 
Well, it's like it's like it's some sort of like under okay. under the table dealing. I, by the way, Belichick has better ways to cheat than this, right? right. I mean, yeah, we deflate the ball. I, I can't wait till the next thing comes out that he's been cheating. Like I've just been w- sitting here waiting since Deflate Gate. Just like okay, I can't wait till we find out what that. Uh, he is using Apple to hack the other team's whatever computers so they don't work. There was the headphones that they did to the Steelers the one time where Mike Tomlin at one point in his headset all of a sudden got the radio broadcast. Yeah. Like at a key point in the game. <laughs> well, like, and Mike Zimmer talked so about great. losing the, I mean, do teams honestly do that? Because he mentioned a few weeks ago um, in one of our side sessions that we have with him on Thursdays about how the headsets had gone out. I think mm-hmm. it was before the Carolina game that uh, or the Bengals game. You know, on the road, they've had a few issues with the headsets. Do teams really do that? I'm going to go with yes. But I'm like, say they how do. is, well, I mean. Didn't, didn't the Redskins, when Shanahan was their coach, go through and sweep, have like somebody from the FBI sweep the locker room when they went up to New England? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's been a thing for, for a while, bugs. I think, is um, teams trying to make sure that they don't leave even a shred of paper behind yeah. that might give uh, New England an advantage because they'll send a ball boy in there and try to have a steel <laughs> playbook or whatever. Well, I mean, that's ridiculous. <laughs> it really is funny that the guy's still allowed to coach <laughs> after all this. <laughs> Back to the headset thing. I mean, not everybody's going to be Brian Greasy and like have the headset go out inside your helmet and lead the team down. What was it like a 75 yard drive for a touchdown? Like, I just I don't see that think there's much competitive advantage there. They could find they have their surface pro. They can find out other ways around this. Oh, he's hacked that thing. He's hacked everyone's surface pros. <laughs> there's no question. Does right? he work for the NSA? Is that what you're saying? Uh, he probably he's got enough money that he probably owns someone from the inside of either the NFL or the NSA and is hacking other people's Surface Pros to get their game plans. He's doing something, right? Gotta be. I mean, what are they, 12 and 3? Yeah, they're doing something. Yeah, the Vikings are 12. I was just saying, <laughs> you know, what are you saying there? Yeah, I know. With no, he's, say, he's saying that Case Keenum and the grit of this team yes. is yeah, yeah, the yeah, reason yeah. that they're 12 and 3. Oh, not because of the other team's locker room. Not because of the Microsoft Surface Pro. I mean, do you guys remember at the end of Barry Bonds' career when he just looked like. Using steroids? Yeah, he looked like the Hulk, and it was yes. just like. Uh, he has to have a custom jersey made to fit all of his muscles inside of it. He has to have a custom hat because his head's too big. Yes, yes. yes. That's R- right, the one. hat size quadrupled or whatever. <laughs> and you're like, you know, I don't know if that looks legit. <laughs> it's, 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 this, it's the same exact way with Belichick. Like, man, really seems like he's ahead of the game. He uh, seems to have some sort of advantage over the other team. As As the season goes on, his team just seems to know the other team's game plan better and better. Really well. They looked bad early, and now unbelievable. What could be happening? <laughs> what else you got, Jonathan? So James Harden didn't finish his night last night very well. His Rockets gave up a 26-point lead to end up losing to the Celtics 99-98. Harden himself ended the game committing two key offensive fouls that gave the Celtics the eventual lead. He used his post-game questions to blame the fact that there was only two officials because the third one had a back injury. You know, how do you only have two officials on national TV game? Um, that's the first question. But a lot of grabbing, a lot of holding. Um, I mean, what am I supposed to? How, how else am I supposed to get open? The guy has two arms wrapped around my whole body. Kyrie Irving from the Celtics had his own say on it. Both teams had to play within that within that realm, and and 
you know, at times it went in their favor, at times it went in our favor. And uh, the best way to, to combat that is just to adjust. And I think both teams did a great job of that. Obviously, you know, both teams wish some calls could have gone either way. But, um, you know, it did make a difference having just two reps. When I saw both of them out there at the, <laughs> the half court, I was like, it's just two of y'all today. Um, guys, uh, complaining about refs. Yeah. Athletes, coaches, just tired of it, just had enough. Or, or do you like if it's your team? Are you like, yeah, get them? Like, well, it's become I mean, such I, a problem I, in the NBA that the refs union and the players union have had to have an emergency sit down because the refs are just had enough with it. Well, but, now I mean, so there's three refs. Mark Lindsay <laughs> hurts his back, can't go. Mm-hmm. Are they going to start now? Start now having like replacement crews? Yeah, yeah, like they do you know, an emergency playoffs, long snapper. Oh, in playoffs they do. Yeah. Oh, the, the emer- yeah. David Morgan comes out and he's just the ref. <laughs> he's like, the what is David Morgan doing here? <laughs> Why is Thor um, on the court? They just like it's a backup goalie in hockey. They just pull some guy out of the stands. Yes. They're like, did you ever play? Uh, did you ever ref anything? Well, uh, high school. All right, get out of here. Start calling fouls. Yeah. Ref elementary school soccer. And You're MLS good. MLS, call me up when you're Qualified. ready. <laughs> I, I just in the NBA, I don't mind the traveling. Last night in that same game. Uh, I think it was Marcus Smart caught the ball and like shuffled 18 feet across the floor and then passed it. And I'm like, I think that's travel. Uh, but I but I don't mind it. You sure take two steps from half court and slam it from the three point line. Like this is great. Uh, but when it comes to the every single foul, throwing the arms up, it just like okay, guy. I mean, some of these have to be right. Just takes away from when they are yeah. wrong. That's all. Okay. You sure? No. Uh, is that is that uh, you got anything else? Uh, you good. Vegas lost a lot of money on the Astros. Oh really? Yeah, they lost about eleven point four million dollars due to the Astros winning the two thousand seventeen World Series. Why was that? Just because everybody futures bet bets? Them? Yeah, all that. Everybody they lost eleven point four million in baseball in the month of no- November. I know gambling the same way I know college football is sort of like oh yeah I heard of futures about the like, same. I just don't know a whole lot about it. I um, read the story, so I'm an expert. Oh. That's how it works today, isn't it? Good work, mm-hmm. Jonathan. Um, back to Case Keenum and uh, that tweet that I read to start off the segment about the Vikings' chances at the Super Bowl and just how you feel about Case Keenum, a guy who was career backup, had a very good season, going into the playoffs as the Vikings' starting quarterback in a year where everything else is lined up for them to have a chance at winning the Super Bowl. Matthew Collar, ESPN's Courtney Cronin. Feel free to uh, give us a call, 651-646-8255. And I I also wanted to discuss, now that we were talking about Belichick and all the things that he does, um, some conspiracies throughout sports history that I believe in or just love that they exist. We'll get to that as well when we come back here. Matt and Courtney in for Mackie and Judd. This portion of Mackie and Judd brought to you by Theraworks Relief. All right, man, Courtney back here, 1500 ESPN. Jonathan, Jonathan James Harrison with us <laughs> is uh, actually pulling a Mack truck with his teeth right now. <laughs> Those workout videos are the most absurd thing ever. And also we were talking about... They absolutely are. We were talking about concussions. This is another thing like with... Um, with Belichick, like, uh, you know, he's cheating. You watch James Harrison in some of those workout videos, you're like, oh, yeah, the NFL sure got steroids out of the game. <laughs> what? <laughs> there was a tweet. I think it was one of my favorite tweets that I saw. 
after James Harrison had signed with the Patriots, it was Tom Brady going up to James Harrison. Hey, I got got all my guys on this uh, weight training program that's just strictly body weight. James Harrison, yeah, how many 45-pound dumbbells you got? <laughs> and then he just lifts the 747 jet. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Yeah, I've been working out a little. Um, so, uh, yeah, okay. So, anyway, the Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl because they have uh, James Harrison now there. According to many hot takeists that have been around, that that would have been a Mackie and Judd thing this week to uh, to turn up the hot take police. Uh, Matthew Collar, Courtney Cronin, talking about Case Keenum and whether you trust him in a playoff game. He's had a very good season. He's won a lot of games this year. The Vikings offense is 10th in the NFL in scoring. And I read the NFL research tweet earlier about um, more than half of the teams that have that same qualification, a number one defense and a top 10 offense, more than half of the teams have made it to the Super Bowl. And it feels like this is the strongest team top to bottom that the Vikings have had in a very, very long time. Uh, even if you go back 09, maybe you would have said the defense has some of its issues or back uh, with the Randy Moss years, they didn't have um, maybe quite as elite as a defense as this is right here. And you add the a top 10 offense too, but it's run by a journeyman quarterback. And I think anytime you go into the playoffs with that, especially if an offensive lineman is out, you're going to be a little nervous. Let's go to uh, Tim. What's up, Tim? Yeah, can you hear me? Oh, sure can. Go ahead. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Happy New Year. Say, yeah, I trust Case Keenum as a fan. I did not in weeks two, three, and four, but uh, I think he's shown enough. And uh, the Vikings are going to play at home, for one. And uh, he's as good as anybody at U.S. Bank Stadium. And uh, the system he's in with Shermer and the routes that the receivers run, there's no reason. The key is the offensive line. If they give him time, and uh, it's going to be fine, and the Vikings should win. And the Vikings are going to beat Chicago, so they're going to be at home after a bye. And Philadelphia ain't winning their game, so Vikings will play four more games at home to win the Super Bowl. All right? All right. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate that. Happy New Year. Um, we, were doing the, uh, we were doing the bets earlier. Um, well, I can tell you his uh, – Home and away splits. He is slightly better at home. Seven touchdowns, two picks, 99 quarterback rating, 7.9 yards per attempt. So uh, even though Tim is very much uh, wearing his purple Zubaz pants while giving that take, I mean, there certainly is something to it with Case Keenum's performances this year at home. He's been very impressive there. Yeah, and I mean, I think you're going to find most quarterbacks are. Like, I mean, but I, I do, as I as a stat I mentioned earlier, how, how much they've outscored teams at U.S. Bank Stadium. They have one of the best home field advantages in the NFL. Um, he's been sacked a lot, like all Vikings quarterbacks, since U.S. Bank Stadium is open since so that same time frame. I think it's, you know, a huge disparity in how much yep. they've been sacked at home and how much they've been sacked on the road. And obviously that's your crowd, that's the environment. They're really good there, which is why the home field advantage for, for so long was something that was talked about in the locker room. It was always brought up. Um, you know, while that's out of the picture, you know, getting that first round by starting that game, you know, week, whatever, January 13th, 14th at U.S. Bank Stadium. I mean, they talk they've talked about this before, about getting out, getting ahead on teams. I think I mean, they're not a team that plays really what well. we have a huge sample size of seeing how well they play from behind. 
I don't know if the playoffs is where you're going to want to start that. So, I mean, get him in a place where he's had proven success before, has only lost one game, and um, that's U.S. Bank Stadium. And then the point about Philadelphia, I think, is totally valid. If uh, the Vikings got a chance to go play Nick Foles, you would almost just put them right in the Super Bowl. I mean, it, with, I mean after we, the way they played on Monday Night Football, for sure. We watch the way mediocre quarterbacks play against this defense, and it's like they have no chance. Uh, let's go to Steve in St. Louis Park. What's up, Steve? I don't get this fascination with Teddy Bridgewater. Watching Teddy Bridgewater throw a pass is like watching Shaquille O'Neal throw a free throw. You throw free it's, throws? It's, it's painful. Well, you know what I'm saying. Don't. It's semantics. But it's painful. And Case Keenum has done nothing but perform. He's done nothing but win. He's proven himself. I don't understand why everybody wants to toss this guy, or there's this there's this discussion about tossing him out and putting in somebody who hasn't, you know, who's played six plays in two years or whatever it's been, and wasn't that stellar when he played for us. Hmm. Uh, well, Steve, for one, I mean that I, nobody said that they should play Bridgewater now. I mean the way things have played out and with Keenum winning games, I didn't say that, and I don't think anybody thinks that they should turn to Teddy Bridgewater. But to your point, why people still question, we got to take a break, but let's talk about this. Why people still question Case Keenum. I have a, an answer for you on that when we come back. Courtney and Matt in for Mackie and Judd.